ask you all to pay attention to a story that you've heard over and over again, one of the most familiar children's stories that we've ever heard, but the application moves through all phases of life, okay? And the title of the message is Run to the Giant. From 1 Samuel chapter 17, rarely do any of us have to face a physical giant that we've got to take down, okay? We don't see nine-foot men running around all over the place that are bellering and declaring themselves against our army. We don't have to do that. However, do you think it's true that we all face emotional and spiritual giants that have to be taken down? No matter the stage of life, we face them, okay? Sometimes the giant is sin in our life. Sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes it's controlling issues that are binding us and our ability to move on to new issues of life. You know, I was surprised when I began to study for this message the number of major issues that Americans are facing today and following are some of them. Move down here a little bit. Addiction, many types of addiction. Inner peace or fear. People are depressed. That's their giant. Loneliness. Family separation. Resentment. Resentment is hatred's first cousin. They're faced with improving their career. That's a giant. They want to eliminate negativity, being positive. It's troubling for them. Unhappiness. Unable to focus clearly. Unable to grow personally. No self-confidence or self-esteem. Insecurity. People don't know who they are. Financial problems are giants. And I want to walk us through some of these giants tonight, okay? What is slowly trying to control you? 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 10. I'll read a portion of this passage. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of, the, of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, you will be, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. That's probably one of the most important statements that he made. This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. The children of God are stifled. They absolutely don't know what to do. They're cowering. It's the same thing God's children are doing today as their giant is intimidating them. Whether it's spiritual, emotional health, or anything else, it seems to have us cornered, and we don't really know how to face the giant, and that's what giants do. 
they bring fear. And I'm going to go over the traits of the giant. Number one, and you might want to write these things down, not because they're so profound, truly, but because they're so basic. Over the next couple of weeks, when these things come at you, you're going to recognize them and know this is what giants do to people. And you can't stop what he tries to do with his traits. I mean, they're just his traits. They're inherent. Okay, A, giants are bigger than you. Well, duh. The giants are bigger than you. You can't go out on your own strength and make this go away. Goliath is over nine feet tall. Giants are big whether they're named Goliath, insecurity, loneliness, finances. doesn't matter what their name is. We can't beat the giants without God in our life. We remember our struggle is not with flesh and blood but against the princes and the principalities and powers of the air, wickedness in high places. Our battle is against enemies that we cannot see. Our battle is against the wicked one, Satan. Satan comes as a roaring lion seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. He's roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And if he can't kill you, He'll steal all he can from you. He'll steal your dignity. He wants to destroy you even while you're still alive. Can you be destroyed while you're still alive? Yeah. You can be so beat up and down that your ability to live fruitfully is completely gone. People are just surviving when they're in that condition. I remember in seventh grade when I was boxing. We had boxing gloves and I wanted to box this really big kid, and I went in, and I was wailing on him. And he would just stand there kind of tanking it. And finally, he realized that I was completely worn out. And my hands were hanging to my side. I had no more breath, and he pummeled the tar out of me. Did everything I could. I did it on my own, but really, I needed some help out here so that I could win the battle. And that's the way it is with you and I. We've got to have some help. B, giants intimidate you. Intimidation is a part of how a real giant works. A giant is constantly in your face, in your face, in your face, and he reminds you of your weaknesses. He reminds you of who you are not. He reminds you of your failures. They can make you feel things about yourself that are absolute lies. And when you're strong, you'll say, well, that's not true of me. But when you're weak, you just say, well, I guess that's just who I am. Satan wants you to believe that you can't do anything about your weaknesses. He taunts you. You don't even fight against your weaknesses because you're beaten down. You're weakened. And there are some times that our giant can get so intimidating that we don't want to live anymore. Did you know that? There are people that have giants in their lives that come at them so strongly, they just want to give up. My family would be better off without me. That's a lie of your giant. And don't let your giant lie to you anymore. You are created in the image of God, and God loves you. You're valuable. You have worth. You're awesome. See, giants try to engage you on their terms. 
Goliath comes out and he says, here's the rules. You fight me and win, and our armies will serve you. But if I win, then you'll serve us. Don't let the enemy set the rules for how you fight. You tell the giant, I'm not playing by your rules. I'm not swallowing that temptation. I'm not going to let you fight me where I'm weakest. No, you fight me where I'm strong. I'm not going to go to those places. I'm not letting, letting you set the battleground. I won't be hanging around that group. To, when we fight, you're setting me up for failure when you set the rules. And I'm not going to allow you to trample over the battleground of my mind. I'm taking that thought captive and I'm throwing it down. And that's what taking thoughts captive is all about. D. Giants want you to fear them. He steps out and said, I defy the armies of God. And as I said earlier, this is very important. In a theological sense, this is probably the biggest statement that he's making. The Philistines had many gods. Their worship was terrible. They made sacrifices that were despicable. What was he saying? In common terms, he's telling the armies of Israel that your God is a punk. This didn't sound well with David. Living in fear realizes you to meet your potential. And today it's much easier to stay indoors and not go outdoors because of fear. I had a friend who spoke with a woman. He was working at Men's Warehouse when it was located up here behind Woodland Hills Mall. She came in and she was requesting a particular item and they didn't have it. And he suggested that she go into one of the menswear stores in the mall. And her eyes got big and she began to shake and she goes, oh no, I can't go in there. What she had was a fear and that fear had a name, it's called agoraphobia. The fear of going to public places. Satan wants to shut you down. He wants to keep you in your room, inside of four walls, not interacting with people, and certainly not facing him anymore. And you know, today, in our technological age, I'm finding it's possible, almost possible, that you don't have to leave your house ever again and live life. What can you not get at your home? You can have food delivered to your home. You can have medicine delivered to your home. You can have ice delivered to your house. I'm told in Arizona, there are drones that will bring packages to you. You can get clothing at your house. You can even Skype or instant message your doctor and he will diagnose you over the television. Your giant wants you to be fearful of him. Those are the traits of the giant. Now I want to talk about, talk about the tactics of the giant. A, the giant offers a no-win solution. Every time you fail to conquer the giant, he gets a little bigger 
and he gets a little stronger in your life. And suddenly you realize he has a hook in you and he's jerking you around all over the place. B, the giant is extremely patient. This is spoken of in the story quite a bit. There's a subtle little verse, kind of almost in passing, most people think. And in this passage, it tells how long the giant has been coming down into the valley, defying the army of God. This has been going on for six weeks, 42 days. The Goliath, Goliath comes down, the giant, on one side of the valley, and he begins his statement, as he usually does. And then the armies of Israel come down, and they line up. And the giant lays out the proposition again, you know, and he says, okay, you fight me, uh, uh, and you win, then I'll serve you. If we win, you'll serve us. And he does this. And he doesn't do it just once a day. He does it in the evening as well. And after he bellows out his threats, the armies of Israel turn and they ran back up into their encampment and wait for the next day to go through the same thing over and over and over again. What's the point? The point is this. Satan is in no hurry to destroy your life. He will slowly let you make one bad decision after another. He tempts you. One little thing at a time, suddenly you're at the end of your maze. And you're like a mouse finding your way through this thing. And the rattlesnake is waiting on you. And the snake strikes. And it strikes when you've been lured by the little things for so long and you feel safe. He doesn't have to have your life all at once. He's very patient. See, another one of his tactics, the giant wants to shatter your worth. There are a lot of people who have been brought up in rough environments where they've been wounded emotionally, and you, you never feel like you're enough. You never feel like that you quite measure up. When Goliath saw David coming, he said this. First thing he did. He's a giant standing in front of this little kid. He says, am I a dog that you would send out this ruddy little kid? He wasn't even talking to David. He was talking over the top of him. Are you kidding me? You're sending out this ruddy little kid. You think I'm a dog? He's trying to destroy David before he ever gets to him. It was this little statement. You're worthless. You're a little worm. Then he says, I'm going to feed your bones to the birds. You see, giants want to pound you and pound you and make you feel like you're nothing. Go away. Life would be better without you. Does that sound familiar? That's the enemy. That's not the voice of God. God says, come. Get up here in my lap. I'm the Heavenly Father, and I love you. You have worth, and I put that worth in you. I'm going to give you a little demonstration. I did this a lot, a long time ago. Does anybody trust me with a $20 bill? 
that means, could you loan me one? Dana's got one. Okay. Thank you, Jim. I know you're going through your pocket. <laughs> right. Thank you. She, she, your handkerchief's up in the old mirror. <laughs> I got a $20 bill, okay, minted by the U.S. Treasury, and it will spend anywhere, okay? Who would like me to give you this $20 bill? Matt? Okay, I'm, I'm going to choose Matt. Okay, he's closest to me. <clears throat> Matt, here you go. Wait a minute. Before I give this to you, I want you to know about this $20 bill and its background. All right? This $20 bill has been used to purchase drugs, to purchase alcohol. It's been used for all sorts of illicit things, illegal, immoral, and all such. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you want this $20 bill? Yes, you do. Okay? Yes, you do. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you why you want that $20 bill. You want that $20 bill because its maker says it has value. And it doesn't matter where it's been. It doesn't matter what it's been used for. It doesn't matter what it's done. Its past is in the past, and it doesn't matter because its maker, the person that says and has the authority, says it has value. And every person in here, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if it is the most immoral, horrible background that you can possibly, possibly think of, I want you to know this. If you serve God, God says that doesn't matter because I'm your creator, I'm your maker, and I say you have value. You have value. It doesn't matter what your giant screams in your face. It doesn't matter what he's screaming at you over and over. It's not ma it doesn't matter if he's calling you a dog. It doesn't matter if he says he's going to feed you with birds. It doesn't matter because your God who created you says you have value. I owe you $20. And number three, preparing to win. Okay? I don't want to think the other way. I want you to prepare for, to win. A, understand who you are fighting for. This isn't just about flexing your muscles and say, I can take on any temptation. We really can't. We aren't that strong. David says this. He says, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear, and those are your weapons, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And guess what, Goliath? He and his heavenly father, heavenly host, aren't intimidated by your hot air and your little spear and your toy shield. They aren't worried about that sword of yours because they come to you with much, much, much more than you can ever possess, Goliath. Everybody that's here, 
Your giant stands no chance if you come to him in the name of the Lord. You have no fear. That's what you've got to believe. When I don't win the temptation, do you realize that I'm putting my wife and children at risk? David was putting everybody back here at risk. He's going out to fight. If he loses, they're going to serve the Philistines. But when you face your temptation and you don't win, all those that you're supporting and you're standing in front of, you're putting them at risk. Your sinful temptation really matters in the body of Christ. Let's say it's not a sin. Maybe it's your depression. Maybe it's your discouragement. And that's your giant. What if those things take you down? What happens to those behind you? Those that are depending upon you. B. Remember how God brought you to this point in your life. You're still in the fight. Do you realize that? Why are you still in the fight? You could have given up a long time ago, but you're still here. Why? Because God has proven faithful. I made it through sickness. I made it through the desert. I made it through financial crisis. I made it through depression. I've been praying this week for people who are going through the valley of the shadow of death. And guess what? Those people are still here. Been praying for a woman that every one of her adult children have turned their back on her. For no good reason. Guess what? She's still in the fight. David starts remembering. He starts remembering what he's been through before. He says, uh, I killed a lion. You know, I even faced down a bear. I killed him. And David is saying, you know, a lion, he's, he's this big. And the bear is this big. That giant, he's nine feet tall. Lord, he's going to be an easy target. He's bigger than the lion. He's bigger than the bear. I've got this thing. David was skilled. And God will use your skills in your battle against your giant. I did a little research on slings. And depending on how long the straps are on your sling, you can get the momentum of a rock to reach that of a speeding bullet if the sling is used properly. Some theologians believe that God directed the rock that David flung. I don't believe that. I believe David was skilled with the sling. He's really good with it. Yes, he came in the name of the Lord, but he always has also has a weapon that he is really, really good with. He says, God was with me when I killed the bear. He's with me when I killed the lion. He'll be with me when I face this giant and kill him. Besides that, nobody is going to defy the name of the living God. 
and seek. Embrace who you are in Christ. You know, Saul's in a tough spot here. He hasn't got anybody that's going to go out and face the giant. Saul was a giant among his own people. He wouldn't even go out. And this little ruddy kid comes out that's going to get called a dog or worse. And he says, I'll fight him. Do you know how bad Saul's going to look if this little kid gets killed? How irresponsible, Saul. How could you? You're a terrible king. Good night. Let that little kid go out there. And he says, at least put on my armor, David. David says, well, I'll try it. So he puts it on. And obviously it's way too big for him. And David says, I can't fight in this. This isn't me. What are you saying, Pastor? He says, I say, be you. Be you. He walked out just himself, and he picked up five smooth stones in the creek. Oh, man, where was his faith? He only needed one. That's supposed to be good. He picked up the stones. He walks out, and the the last thing you need to do is you need to kill the giant. Verse 48. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. He ran with courage. He ran with passion. He ran with skill. And he ran with knowledge. In verse 49, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and it struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. Most Bible scholars believe the blow knocked Goliath out. His knees were buckled and he fell forward. David ran to him. He took Goliath's sword and he cut off his head. You know, that's good thinking. You know, a lot of guys nowadays, after they fell their giant, would dance around and go, come on, you want some more of me? He didn't do that. He was all about the business of killing the giant. Don't taser your giant. I'm going to say something that's not going to sound real spiritual here, but I want you to hear me out. Sometimes there are giants that are not killable in your life. There are some sim, some temptations that you are susceptible to. You can build safeguards into your life against them. You can build up barriers that will help keep you safe. And you can be victorious over them. But it doesn't mean that that temptation will never come at you again. There are some times it raises its head again. But you have to be able to look at it and realize, I've beaten this thing once. I've killed the bear. I've killed the lion. I've killed that Goliath before. I can take him out. Would you stand with me, please? His traits, his tactics, kill the giant. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father.
there are giants that come in our life. And I pray that the Spirit of God would help us to allow the Spirit of God to rise up in front of us. That we'll not be so fearful that we'll hide from the giant and forget about who's walking with us. We have the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is ready to fight, who's ready to help us take up the battle. And Lamb of God, we're going to be victorious. Lord Jesus, minister to everyone in this room, everybody that's here, Lord. I pray that you'll touch their spirit and that giant that's coming against them. I'm believing that they're going to have their hands lifted. I picture Moses as they're fighting the battle, and Aaron and Hur stood on either side of him and kept his arms raised in the battle. Lord, if we'll just keep fighting, if we'll keep praying, we'll keep engaging the enemy that's trying to destroy us, Lord, we will win. Lamb of God, I speak courage. Lord, I speak bravery. I speak the power inside of people tonight that they will come out of hiding and they'll face their giant once again and they'll not believe the lies that the enemy's telling them. Oh, Lord. You know, if you're here tonight and you're facing a giant in your life, it may not be a sinful giant because there's lots of giants that aren't about sin. But they're trying to keep you from moving on to greater heights in your life. They're trying to keep you down. If you're here tonight and you're facing a giant and you want to defeat that thing, what I want you to do when I count to three, I just want you to slip up your hand and put it right back down. Would you do that real quick? Okay, one. You're identifying that giant. You know what it is. Two. And then finally, I'm getting ready to say number three. And when you do, don't hesitate. Slip it up. Okay, we've all had to fight giants before. I'm still fighting Are you ready? Number three, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of people raising their hand. 